Hey guys, welcome to Shooting Blanks. Today I sit down and talk with Amy, who is an active sex worker. This is a conversation that I am excited to have. Um, I think this is something that I don't think I know that this is something that everybody does, everybody has an opinion on. And I want this to be a conversation like everything else with mental health that it is discussed more so people understand more. And this is going to turn into something else later on down the road, but I just want to have everybody be a part of this first discussion, and I hope you guys like it. Uh, this podcast is also brought to you by Locals Only Unlimited. Make sure to check out the store, check out the Redbubble for awesome stickers or shirts um, for yourself or loved ones, and that's how it's going to keep this podcast going, and hopefully you guys can start to interact with it. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy this, and we can uh, grow this into something big. I have a lot of ideas for it. So let's get it going. Hey, good afternoon, Amy. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? No complaints. Well, I have to go to school, so that is a complaint. I don't <laughs> want to go to school, but it is what it is. So thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you for being open enough to talk about this subject. This is a subject that is going to be some sort of taboo. It's going to be something that people aren't comfortable about talking about or maybe not even listening to but it's something everybody does in a some sort of uh, way shape or form so thank you for being the the first uh, one to open up about this and to talk about it um, I don't even know a good transition in how to normally I can talk <laughs> about uh, other things but this is something that I'm kind of like I'm kind of not flabbergasted not, that's a horrible term is flabbergasted I'm kind of just stuck in how to talk about it. So today we're going to talk about sex work and we're going to jump into sex work and how it is a job and it's not just a hobby. Um, so let's just jump in there. Um, this isn't your only job, correct? Correct. Um, I, I work a regular nine to five. Um, sex work was something that I got into during COVID, um, that financially carried me essentially, um, and has now kind of grown into this thing that I never expected. Um, but I'm having fun and I'm enjoying it and, and meeting other sex workers and kind of learning the in and outs. It's, it's been a journey. Grown into, into what, what do you mean by grown into? What did, what did you, what were your expectations going into it and what has it evolved into? Well, originally it started because there's always like a couple of people on my Instagram who comment on things. Um, and a really, really good friend of mine encouraged me to do it because he knew I was struggling financially. Um, and he was my first supporter. He's still a supporter, subscribed. Um, and it started with just maybe four or five people subscribing. And I was making like maybe a hundred bucks a month. Um, and now I'm making enough to pay all my, most of my bills. Um, so I'm pulling anywhere from two to $3,000 a month. Plus I have my nine to five. Um, I have, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is crazy. <laughs> and and I branched off of OnlyFans. So originally OnlyFans was the only platform that I was on. Um, now I'm on X videos. Um, I have Pocket Stars. And what I'm doing outside of all of the online platforms is probably making me more money. I, I'm doing semi-professional, more amateur, I would say, uh, dom dominatrix. <laughs> oh, well then. <laughs> So yeah, that's, I can see how that was something you never, never expected it to turn into. <laughs> so are, are the other two platforms just pictures and video sharing like sites or what are, is that how do you interact with 
fans or people on there or what what are what are those about is it more like only fans just another site yeah so so only fans i i'm interacting a lot with with the people on there um i post a lot of pictures and then i i send out paid videos so they're paid per view um and that's really what makes the money is the videos because they are full full pornography and i always try to tend tend to do a theme per shoot um, and most of my site is leaning towards BDSM and kink play. Um, X videos is, is, is just like Pornhub, but it's smaller and it has, um, Pornhub has a lot of weird fucked up shit that they're tied to. Um, so X yeah, videos yeah. is, is a lot of amateur stuff. And to me, for me, and I feel like a lot of people agree, I like the amateur stuff. I hate the full phony production of like really big names in porn. I like the amateur stuff. It's realer to me. Um, so I this is where I am not small-minded, uh, not closed-minded. I didn't know there were big names in porn, so <laughs> I guess that would go in any sort of acting or any sort of uh, of anything, is that you're going to build a name for yourself, whether it's a kink play or tattoos or markings or whatever it is that people would want to see. So when you started out, you didn't start out with the BDSM. No. You started out just regular... You know, it, and it was always something that was like, you know, recorded on a phone, kind of quick, and I would just kind of throw it all together in like a really badly edited video. Yeah. Um, and then I actually, like the more people that started subscribing, I started to care more, you know, like I wanted to know what they wanted to see. And it's fortunate because it's what I enjoy. Um, that is obviously, I'm not a vanilla person in any way. So, right. so the, it's what I enjoy. So I enjoy making it. And I feel like people can tell I enjoy making it because they like to watch it. Right. So, so does that, I mean, I, I guess it's really not too personal with what we're talking about, but is that just a direct correlation to your personal life and you just happen to record it or you're not like that in your regular life and this is, you're clocking in to do these videos and these pictures and that's not what you're normally into, but you're going to do it because that's what's paying your bills. Well, what I put on my OnlyFans is what I'm into in my personal life. I am, okay. I am a submissive. I have a dominant. Um, and that is what I enjoy. Um, the aspect of me having my own submissives is very much so a job, um, because I feel like in, like in my regular nine to five in my home life, I have to be very much in controlling and have that dom attitude. Mm -hmm. Um, so being able to be submissive with my dominant is like letting loose, you know, I get to let go of all that control that I hold for the whole week and it's a huge stress reliever. And that, that is a huge part of BDSM is giving your control to somebody else and trusting them enough to do that okay okay and now but now you're getting paid to be the dominant one now yes so how has that been if that's not <laughs> normally how you are um it's interesting you know at first I really wasn't like I felt like I didn't know what the hell I was doing which I didn't um but my first submissive has allowed me to kind of grow into this role and they knew exactly what they were getting into with me um but I, I enjoy allowing somebody to get that release. Right. So it might, it's not something that sexually turns me on. Um, but it is something that I enjoy. You know, I, I like to love my job and it is just a job to me. Um, but I enjoy doing it. So, so how does that, so I'm going to assume, uh, just because I guess when you put us two together, I would lean more on the vanilla side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, so you saying that you're normally a sub and you have a dom, does that mean that that's your 
relationship status and that's just the role you guys have do you have a relationship or how does that play how does this play into your relationship if you have one um so we i guess you would say we're poly um because he is my only male partner but i have other female partners and i would be open to have another male partner if i met somebody but i just have it um he has other partners that and we all know each other so so we're very comfortable with the situation now that it's all we're very open and we're constantly communicating about things um jealousy doesn't strike up to it every now and then it, it comes into play um but us girls do a really good job of taking care of him that's our you know that's part of part of being a submissive is like it's it's our role to take care of him um while also being respectful of everybody's relationship so like i know like for example i know tuesdays is his night with one of his partners my night is thursday we like you know it's 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 very structured actually wow yeah right i guess communication would be key and you would have to have a structure otherwise it would i would assume get convoluted i'm trying to tie it in because i don't play well with others and and that's in every in any any situation i don't play i don't share my tools at work i don't (laughs) i don't do any of that so it's it's to to put the physical aspect of it and that's where i wouldn't be I wouldn't be good in the job aspect of it because yeah. I know how my brain is wired and I know that it wouldn't work well with me. And that's obviously why I've never considered it. Um, so this wouldn't be something that, I mean, it could be, but essentially if you ever wanted to stop, you could just stop and be done and not worry about it. And then, Oh, that was fun while it lasted. And now blah, blah, blah. Does it affect your nine to five? No, no. Fortunately, um, Fortunately, it doesn't affect it at all, um, but I do find myself, like, I just recently started at an, a new position, and the first thing I did was, like, find find my employees, because I'm in a managerial position, and block them all off of Instagram, just because I, I, I try to be very careful about who can see, like, my close friend stories, but um, even the regular stuff I post is a little too much for people. I'm very open. I post a lot of sexual things. I try to make it funny. You know, I, I post a lot of sexual art. Um, and just in my position that I'm at, I just want to be careful. Um, but I, I'm really fortunate that the community I work in, I feel like it wouldn't be an issue. Right. Um, even with my owners, I don't feel like they would have any kind of issues. It's it's a different time we're living in, you know, especially in the Bay Area. Things are more widely accepted. Being yeah. a sex worker is more widely accepted. And it's unfortunate because you go into the Midwest and it's so taboo and it's not like that. And you see women losing their jobs left and right because somebody found their OnlyFans or somebody found their, you know, personal pages. Yeah. Hmm. I can see that. I can see how it would be more... And that's what's that's what's weird about California is that uh, it is so open and diverse with a lot of things that there's really no taboo here. Um, everything is accepted somewhere, some way, shape, or form. So with this being your release, whether it be through work or through your own personal life, have you found that that's helped out? Like that is your only release if you have a stressful day or a fucked up day, or you're sad or you're angry or whatever it is, you can tap in and go and then that's your you feel that's your therapy so to speak yes essentially it is um and that goes into the mental health aspect because um previously to meeting my current partner or dom whatever you want to call him um i was in a very abusive religious based relationship and there was no release for me and i was a huge self self self-harmer self-mutilation 
Um, and it was a miserable existence. I had no release because it was very, very vanilla sex, um, very religious relationship, but very abusive mentally and physically. Um, so then it was like, like doing what I do now is like freedom for me. Right. Um, and I feel like that's what a lot of people find when they kind of get into this and it's something that they don't expect. Like a lot of people associate BDSM or King play with violence and it's not, that's not it. You know what I mean? And, and well, uh, break it down. What? Cause I, I don't, I don't know that myself. I don't know a lot about it. I assume, or I associate a lot of it with the violence aspect of it. Mm. I had never saw it. And the only other tie I have to it is Fifty Shades of Grey, which I never saw. Read, <laughs> but I heard and I've heard stories. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so what all, what, what is it if, it if it's not that? How does it break down and how do you get your release from it and make it a job? So, okay. So for somebody like me, previous self-mutilator, I found a lot of release in pain and cutting because it was a pain that I could control. So like there's total chaos all around me. Um, and I can't control that, but I can control this pain that I'm feeling. So it's a release. Um, so BDSM is like the same thing. Like I'll go like on a two week run of working like 60 hours a week and I'm, I feel sick almost with stress and, and shit. And then I can go to my dom. And for example, we recently did, uh, use a high impact cane, which was a first for me. Um, and just that pain is like release because I'm allowing, I'm trusting somebody enough to administer that pain that I need to feel better. And, and it's great. Like after a good session, whether it's recorded or not, or we're just doing it for content or doing it just personally, I feel great. It's like, it's like a high. It, it is a high because pain does give you that adrenaline. Yeah. Um, and it, it is, there's, there's nothing like it. And I've, and I've, you know, I've, been on I feel like I'm a good person to talk of it because I've been on the both extremes so I've been in a relationship where couldn't get this man to pull my hair even if I fucking asked him nicely um very vanilla sex and it was very unsatisfying and now I'm on this other extreme where you know what I mean like I'm getting my ass beat raw and, and you know what I mean? And I'm wearing a gag ball for two hours and it's great. And, and it's funny because we can talk about it and we communicate, we overly communicate about everything. Um, right. and it's awesome. Right on, right on. So how does it play into being, so compare it to, uh, because there's, there's a lot of taboos where a lot of people look at it as, oh, that's not a real job. How does that play into a real job for you? Or how could it just be your only nine to five? Yeah. How would it, how would it be, how would it be that? I wish, so, so my goal eventually is to do porn full time. That's what I want to do. Um, and a lot of people kind of don't understand that. They're like, oh my God, how could you like your family? And it's like, listen, like oddly enough, my family supports me 100%. I, that was the first thing I did because I would never do something that disrespected them again. Life and having a happy life is all about communication. I sat my mom down. I said, listen, this is what I'm doing. If you don't want me to, I won't. Cause I, I would never want to shame my family. And when I told her the money I was making and she was like, do your thing. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, unless it becomes a problem for us as a family, like people trying to find you or anything, do your thing. And I support you. And she has 100% and that's awesome. Um, so I am working on getting myself on more platforms and being able to do this full time because it's a job that I enjoy. I enjoy my nine to five, but I don't love it. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. and I love doing this and, and yeah. So what all goes into it? it? It's obviously there's 
the sex aspect of it okay the start to finish blah blah what else is involved what do you, do you have to how long does it take to plan out uh, content or sessions or editing or all that from any video you put up on any site how long does it take to make said video so first thing is I keep a journal and when I have good ideas, I write them down. That's my big thing. So I have a whole journal of like scenes in my head and I'm writing it down to what I'm wearing. Every, I try to kind of put together every piece of it. Of course, filming never goes like that. Um, is there a blooper reel? Oh my God. There's so many. <laughs> the, 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 probably the funniest one is I was wearing this hook gag and I'm trying not to laugh through the whole thing. So it keeps coming out. I think we had to shoot it like three or four times. It was great. Um, but, you know, it, it's like it's a lot of positioning. So it's a lot of small clips that end up as one clip. Um, and it's like, OK, you're going to stand here. I'm tying you up here. And, and, and sometimes, like, especially with the content videos, um, a lot of it is just like bullshit. Like my hands aren't even really tied that hard, but it looks good for the pictures or the video or anything. Mm -hmm. um, some of our our best scenes that we've done are not recorded and they're just, that's just for me. That's what I needed at the time. Um, but I, I will, I, I always let my partner know ahead of time I need to shoot. I get there and I'll lay out the toys that I want to use. And he kind of just rolls with it. Um, so shoot, shooting typically will shoot for about an hour or an hour and a half. Um, and some of the videos I use, some of them I don't use depending on the angles and the lighting. Um, and, Sometimes it is difficult because you get kind of caught up in the moment, especially if it's somebody you're shooting with that you enjoy being with. Because right. you're like, oh, fuck that camera. Let's just fuck. <laughs> and right, and right. so you have to really stay focused on work. And that is that is kind of the blessing and curse of enjoying your job. So would you, um, I would assume at that point, if you're doing this full time, there's going to be times where you're going to have to work with somebody that you don't necessarily want to. Have you had to do that already? Or... Actually, I, I really haven't. Everybody that I've shot any kind of content with, I've really enjoyed. Um, and I have another woman that I'm kind of helping get up on her feet, and I love working with her. She's always down for whatever kind of content, um, and I enjoy working with her. And then there's some people, like I had a, a friend um, who wanted to be in, you know, start an OnlyFans, and then it was like once it came down to it, I could see that she was not into it. And my big thing is I'm, I'm not going to try to convince anybody to do anything. At that point, it was, I got you an Uber, you're going to go home. Because now you're wasting my time. Right. And I'm not going to put anybody in a situation where they're uncomfortable. Because uh, uh, the thing that gets overlooked a lot in sex work is rape. Is, you know, situations where somebody felt like they were forced to do something. And it happens a lot. But people think, well, it's sex work. So it really doesn't matter. And that's not true. Their consent is still everything. Whether you're a sex worker or not. If you don't tell somebody this is okay, then it's not okay. Um, and unfortunately, you hear about that a lot right now. Like, there's Twitter pages, all of, like, people who are, who are like, don't work with this person. They'll do this without asking you. Um, so the sex work is a real community. It's important to reach out to the people that are nearby you to kind of, like, see who they've worked with, who's good to work with. Um, and I'm barely just kind of getting in there to, like, working with people outside of my community. That's got to be scary. It is scary. So what do you do if you're working with somebody new and you've generally re reached out and it's like, yeah, so far they have a good reputation, but you still don't know. Like, are you just rolling up strapped or okay. is, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I wouldn't know. Like, it's um, my big thing is like anything that I do with somebody outside of like my bubble, 
um, I always have somebody with me and that's in the contract. We write that in the contract and we do write contracts for that reason. Not that these contracts are really like held up in a court of law, but it's like, I like the expectations to be known going into it. What is okay? What's not okay? This will end the session as soon as you do it. So it, it's very, the contract make things very clear. Um, and I will always have an extra person with me. I'm never going on anything solo. So why don't you notarize them and get it to where it can be upheld in a court of law in case something happens and you have that, right? I mean, I would assume that that's something that you could do. I think um, I think as we, as I get more into this, that's going to be something that we have to do. Just because also the other part is like videos. Like I don't want somebody being able to use this video if I'm, I'm not going to make money off of it. Right. And that's a big thing about like videos end up on Pornhub and the workers don't get any money for that really unless they're registered on Pornhub as the owner of the video and it's like sometimes it just doesn't happen like that um so pirated porn is a real thing and and the biggest thing I could tell everybody is you watch porn everybody watches porn I don't care who you are pay for your porn if you can't that's helping somebody make their rent that month yeah you know yeah that makes sense so would you have to make like a DBA or an LLC or some shit under you so that it would be only distributed by you and the person can't just take it and pirate it or whatever. Like if you and your partner break up or whatever, it's under your umbrella and it's yours. That's the next step. Yes. Because it's huge. Like, especially because, um, everything is so up in the air with OnlyFans. Like if somebody even just screen recorded watching one of my videos on OnlyFans, they have it forever. They could do whatever they want with it. I didn't think about that. Yeah. And, and even <laughs> if it is watermarked, who cares? You know right. what I mean? Like, who really cares about that? So that's the next step. And I think that's kind of something everybody in the industry is trying to figure out. Yeah. So I heard, because I don't have one. I mm. heard that they took stuff away on OnlyFans. That's right? Yeah. So so the whole thing was that OnlyFans announced that in October, um, you would not be allowed to distribute explicit pornography. You could have pictures, but no full nudity, no porn videos, anything. Um, and everybody instantly panicked because that's how we've all been making money. Um, and the whole thing was the major credit card companies were like, we're not comfortable with this. We're not going to support this payment form on your platform unless you take the porn out of it. Oh, that's why it started. That's what it was. Right. And so everybody, there was such backlash that within a week, OnlyFans was like, we're not going to do that. We're going to find a way to work around it. But the unfortunate thing was the damage was done. Yeah. Like OnlyFans was only popular because of the sex work contact. Nobody's going on there to watch these people cook or whatever it was, you know, yoga. Um, so what? that's on there. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. What? I've only ever looked for porn on there. So I guess you could be a fan of anything. So, <laughs> Huh? Interesting. But the damage was done that month alone. I probably lost like 30% of my fans because they, they canceled accounts. Everybody was trying to figure out like the whole industry on Twitter was like, where are we moving? Like there's fans league, there's pocket stars, there's all these things. But it was like trying to convince your whole fan base to go start up a whole new account, put their payment information onto another website. It's hard. No, it's hard. I even with my, my brand, I have it where I'll see somebody on a job. Oh, that's a cool shirt. I have to now rely on them to, Go on my website and order a shirt, and by you know you forget about it, and it's like, well, that's gone. So yeah, I can I can understand and appreciate that. That's freaking huge. So because we've shot before, you have a brand as well. So do you, what what is that going to entail with merchandise? 
Like, is it just stickers and shirts? Are you going to try to market? Now, I just, I, I thought about this as we were leading up to, to this podcast is I remember, um, fuck, what was her name? The teen mom girl. Um, anyway. Yeah, I know. She, I know uh, you're talking about. she made sex tapes and then she started to market her own sex toy based off of her is that like where you're trying to go and do all that or is there i don't even even know if there's a market for that Uh, (laughs) yeah i think i I, i've talked about branching out and just doing things even if it's just like t-shirts sweaters stickers um we've talked about doing sex toys and we have some really because we think about shit that is outside of the box right but that can't be too outside of the box then i'm like that's too weird like we were talking (laughs) about making dildos after serial killers You know what I mean? Because fucking women love that. Like, I want Richard Ramirez's dick, and I'm going to fuck myself with that every night. Right? Right? Great idea. (laughs) I can't say it's weird, but it's nothing (laughs) I want to do. But, yeah, it's been more, like, prevalent now with all these murder mysteries or these documentaries about all this stuff. And it's like I watched the, the Night Stalker one, and it even showed in there how many, like, fans he had and how many people loved him. And I'm like, whoa. I mean, yeah, I, I, I... I don't get it, but I mean, to each their own, you know, as long as it's not hurting nobody or nothing, then, you know, get, get it, boo. Uh, huh. I guess that would be more, cause I automatically just go the fake ones. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the Jesse, the Michael Myers, all that. I'm like, oh, I guess that would be a thing, you know? Um, and think about the real ones. Huh. Interesting. I bet, I mean, you would know more than I do. I mean, I'd... I'm telling you, women love the dark side of shit. People in general, they won't ever admit it. Why? Why do people never admit it? Why is it... I don't know. And that's what kills me is like, my life after being introduced... Because I always knew about the lifestyle, but I never had a partner who was compatible with it. And a lot of terrible relationships over the year, finally I'm like, dude, I can't do this anymore. Like, I just want to be free. I just want to be able to express what I want sexually and not feel like shit for it. And I remember like, even like in the beginning of my partnership, I was still very reserved and it fucked a lot of shit up because it's like, if you can't be honest with your partner sexually, what else are you not honest about? What else are you not honest about? And so like, I, I can't tell you how many people who seem so vanilla love my videos because they get that little piece of the darkness and it doesn't have to consume their life, but they get some kind of release from watching it. I had one one video where I accidentally, it was a girl-on-girl video, I accidentally nicked her with my nail because I have long claws, and she started bleeding. I was drenched in blood, and it was just like, we fucking rolled with it and like took some really fucking badass pictures, and people love that. Like, oh my god, the blood play, like all this, you know, people love it. And if they don't feel like they're being shamed for it, they love it even more. Huh. Well, yeah, I guess I guess that's the uh, on on another podcast I've talked about people being more open, uh, but the mean side of it because they can hide behind a screen, and this is just the complete opposite. They can be themselves and not be shamed because they can hide behind a screen. So not hide behind a screen, but nobody knows who they are, which is which is good. Have you met up with people to where they're like don't tell anybody I'm glad this is discreet because I can talk to you about stuff because I don't know you and I'm paying you and it's a job and um so I really haven't met any with anybody in person but I have a lot of people from my personal life like ex-employees um people I went to high school with who come to me all the time like hey can I talk to you about this and and the saddest part is number one thing is they're sexually unfulfilled in their relationship I have a married couple who 
they're both unfulfilled and I'm like you guys need to connect there's a way for you to connect but you have to be honest about what you want um I I have a longtime friend who super unfulfilled in their sexual relationship because they feel judged by their partner and it's like that is the worst thing like sex should be the funnest part about any relationship you know what I mean and even prior to my my partner now I always try to make sex fun even if it's a one night stand like I'm not gonna end terms bad just because we only fuck once like a lot of people that I've slept with or been with sexually we're still friends now and it's just because like sex should be fun sex shouldn't be about shame um sex shouldn't be about judgments like you should be able to let loose and have fun no matter who it is yeah yeah so which which is which is good because I think nowadays it's getting more open about being able to be uh honest about it um whether it's whatever kinks or fetishes that you have or uh dark past or something you've been into and you're not anymore whatever it is it's, it's more accepted now to talk about which is good um do you think that'll ever stop no I don't, unfortunately, I I don't think the stigmatism around sexuality will ever stop because we're always going to have a huge group of people telling you that it's wrong, whatever it is. I think it's possible to stop it in places like California. You could tell somebody that you want your head stepped on by a fucking midget and they'll be okay with it. You know what I mean? California is very open and it's a good thing and a bad thing. Um, I feel like everything is in moderation. Um, I feel like kids still should not be exposed to this. I don't talk to my family in detail about what I do with my sex work. Um, And I just think that's something that kids don't need to be exposed to. I agree. But I think that adults need to be more open-minded and just realize if it doesn't fuck with you and what you're doing, why do you care? Right. You know what I mean? As long as this person is not fucking somebody on your front lawn why do you care right what they do behind closed doors should be people's personal business and they shouldn't feel ashamed to do it yeah no then and that's true and i'm the same way when it comes to what kids should be exposed to i know that i have teenagers and even now (laughs) it's i'll watch any movie under the sun but if it has a sex scene we're skipping it but you know violence is whatever um that's where i'm kind (laughs) of weird about it but um i i agree when it comes to sex and everything that should be preserved for when you're an adult and when you're essentially ready for it. And that's, I think that that is a big discussion and argument now of like, well, who am I to deem when they're ready? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm their dad. Exactly. Like I'm, I'm their dad. So I'm going to say, no, not yet. I mean, obviously once you're 18, you're technically an adult and do yeah. what you want to do, but I'm going to say, you know, here's where I've come from and blah, blah, blah. Um, not details about me, but just, you know, to prepare them for their life. Yeah. Um, but until then it's, you know, know until (laughs) you know what I mean um obviously dad with my daughter who's a teenager it's like why don't you wait till you're 35 (laughs) you know I know how that goes I mean I know for for myself I've been active longer than I should and it's not I can't say it fucked with me but it's it's I think it did and um but I can understand that and I can understand where things where things happened and where things went and everything and but not a lot of people can. And that's where I think that the, this could just be my assumption. I think that because there's so much shame or judgment from other people, they internalize it. And then that's when they lash out and that's when they have to be so secretive, they could hurt other people and then just force and take it. And I know that we talked about that briefly before we started recording. Um, that's when the, the rape or the high or whatever from that can come in Mm -hmm. and the non-consent and some people like that and blah, blah, blah. 
which the only thing that I the only only one that is I think wildly liked by women that I have never been able to understand is the rape fantasy. Yeah, rape play. And I've never I've never been able to wrap my head around it. I don't I don't understand and you know I don't I wouldn't know how to do it. I wouldn't know anything about it because I'm like that's where I feel weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's in I, I, don't, I don't know. And that's just where I, maybe it's in my own head and I don't know. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to go down that hall. Not, not that I'm afraid I'm going to start doing it like a serial guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, I unlocked the door and now I have to do it all the time. Um, but it's more of, I just, I, I don't know how to, how to play that. You know what I mean? And I don't understand why that is so widely wanted. It's huge. And it's I, huge. I don't, I don't get it. I think, I think what it is because I feel like I used to be into it to a point. Like, oh, I'm going to play fight you. And then, like, once we're really going, like, obviously I want this. Right. But some women like the whole fantasy, which I can get behind because everybody has some kink that people are like, huh, I don't get it, but I'm down for it. Right. But once you've been in that real situation, it's hard to enjoy something like that. And so I I feel like for some women, it's just the idea that somebody's going to come take it from them, um, which is great. But, also, but at that point, wouldn't that just be to be a sub? And they just don't they don't want to have that taboo. So they're just they're kind of flirting with it. But they're exactly. just like, oh, I don't want to do all that. I You're just kinda flirting want, you on know. that line. Yeah. And, and that's what they feel comfortable with. Because a lot of women will be like, I could never be a submissive and let a man run me. But you have a husband who pays for the house and pays for all your bills. Essentially, you are a sub without the title. You know what I mean? And and that's the... Just not sexually. The, exactly. Not sexually. And if you did it sexually, you might enjoy marriage a little bit more. Yeah. And and the best part about, like, the, the dom-sub relationship is that you can do something sexually and, right, like, maybe you're tied up and you're getting taken advantage of for a long time and then outside of the bedroom like it's a total there's so much respect yeah. for each other and that and that's what any relationship should be i don't feel like it should only be the bdsm community that is open with communication and has that respect for each other but unfortunately it is in a lot of vanilla relationships you see the man running things in a disrespectful way right right i think a big thing a big fear with a lot of people i know that with even even myself to where there's the fear, not even just sexually, but the second you're honest with somebody about a feeling or something, whether it's, ah, oh, you pissed me off this day, uh, to a person, a coworker, or to your partner, this is what I want sexually, that it's going to be brought back and thrown into your face in a negative manner. Mm-hmm. And the second that that happens, now it's just almost done for life. Yep. And it's like, I'm not going to trust anybody now because you're going to use it negatively against me and I can't do that now. So do you think that that's where, I don't mean to say it like this, but people like you come into play to where it's like fuck if i can't have my wife do it then i'll pay somebody to do it or i'll get it somewhere else now i don't i don't i don't know i mean i i guess if i guess that would still be obviously every relationship is different but if you're paying if you're if, if if you talk to your spouse and they say no i'm not into that and okay well i'm gonna have to go pay to get it done how would you handle that in your relationship? I'd be fine. Again, I'm different. I feel like I'm different than a lot of women I know. But I would be fine because if it's something I honestly can't do or I feel uncomfortable doing it, I still want my partner to be fulfilled. And 
and that's where the poly thing comes because maybe there's something my that I'm not fulfilling for my partner, but he gets that from his other partner, and that's okay because at the end of the day, he's still when we spend time together, we're still happy. Right. You know what I mean? And the biggest thing about poly that works for me, I've done every kind of relationship, right? My kids and my family come first. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, a lot of times my job comes second, and it's high up there. Anything that I can enjoy enjoy outside of that is great. But I also can't be tied to somebody who wants to know where I am every fucking second of the day and wants to know who I'm with. And yet I can't, I can't do that. I right. just, I don't have the mental capacity and I don't like it. I, I don't want to, you know what I mean? Like, so I don't know where we are now. <laughs> no, it's just having your partner fulfilled and that's, that's how you are. So you guys get it. If you guys don't get it together, you guys have options to get it at other places. I think that communication on a whole is just... Well, even paying sex sex workers, so, okay, you're paying for a service, and let's say you couldn't get that service, and you couldn't pay for it. Now you're repressed. That's where depression, anxiety, hurting, uh, potentially hurting other people comes into play, and it's like, so sex workers are really doing a service for the community, because, okay, maybe that guy that you know that's your neighbor, and he seems totally white-collar, he's going and getting pegged by a fucking dominatrix, but that, that makes it okay for him to, you know, keep his normal life up and not be, you know, not go rape somebody. Yeah. You know, it's, it, you have to think of it as a service because there's been times that I have struggled with it because I've seen things that I have not ever seen before. Right. Um, and, it, and I do think of it as a service. So, you know, everybody has their own kink and I remember that no matter what it is, it could be something stupid. Like I want my boyfriend to act like he's somebody else for the day and and we act like we're strangers whatever your kink is there's always place for it but as long as you feel fulfilled in your relationship that's all that matters why do you think that role-playing is so huge do you think it's because they want to have another partner i think i think that's what it comes down to is that they want another partner but they're scared of the taboo of asking their partner if they can you know but also you know what else is huge with role-play uh is cuckold like this man wants to see his wife gangbang by two, du- you know, three dudes. And if that's what you're like, it's so that's aggressive. So it's so aggressive. But if that's what you like, like, that's what you like. Like, how do you know that you like that? <laughs> that's interesting. You know, I, like that's, I think that that's where my mind goes is how do you know what you're into or what you're not into? You know what I mean? Because obviously everything has a snap judgment, you know, right away. You hear something, you're like, no. Or <laughs> maybe. And then, ah, <laughs> uh, like I was talking to a homie about it the other day about uh, threesomes, you know. And she was like, you know, I was in one. I got jealous and I stopped in the middle of it. I was like, nope, can't do it. And I was like, Damn. huh, power to you. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, have you ever been in that situation where you're in the middle of it? You're like, something like click and you're like, I don't like this anymore. I'm done. Or whether it's personal or professional. Yes. Um, so, um, one of my submissive recently wanted to try something. I do a lot of FaceTime sessions because a lot of us are long distance and my submissive wanted to try something. And I was at fault because I wasn't paying enough attention as I should. I thought this was something that he had already done before, which was the sound, which is something that goes through your urethra. And Mm. I could tell... That's your penis hole. Yeah. (laughs) I could tell midway that he was hurting himself. And I called. I 
safe worded essentially because I could tell and then it was so really it's normally an hour session it was a 20 minute session and like 40 minutes of aftercare because I'm like don't do that to me like don't do that to yourself what does that do for somebody sexually why would you want that I, I honestly I I can't understand it from my point of view but for males I've heard that it's very stimulating but again like as a submissive sometimes you're just trying to push yourself to that limit to like how far can I go how far can my body go see I heard from a homie who had his I guess he had a Prince Albert that they shove a q-tip in there to when they pierce it Uh and he said that was the worst pain he's ever felt in his life I'm like uh, sometimes you know what I mean if you have to hold in peace I'm like (laughs) and that just first little gush I'm like oh my god like you know, I couldn't imagine, you know, sexually wanting to put something in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, to each their own. There's no judgment there. It's just I don't understand it. And hopefully it comes across as I just don't understand. Like, I don't have to do it because, I mean, to me it sounds painful. But 40 minutes of aftercare. And how did it end? Was he, he okay, was okay? Sorry. He was okay. And the fucked up part was I had normally we, we session on Tuesdays. And the next Tuesday I had to work. And he thought I was punishing him. Oh. And I was like, no, it's it's not like that, you know. But but he was very much worried about me. And I'm like, I, as my job as your dom is to make sure you're okay. And you don't do stupid shit like that to me to prove a point that you can handle it. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, but, but I feel like sounding like for a, a woman, not all women are into it. But anal is a big thing. Like... Some women are like, no, don't go there. Don't fucking touch there. Nothing. And then there's some women who are all down for it. It's just all about what you're comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you recommend if you're, for that instance, if you're not really into it, but your partner is like, is there a fear that they're going to go get it somewhere else and you don't want them to? So do you for lack of a better term, take one for the team. Like at that point, is that just like, is that like degrading because you're like giving you, I really don't want to do it, but I will because you want to. It's like, you know, you're not going to get satisfied. You know that it's going to be uncomfortable and you're just hating life until a person's done. Glad you're happy. I'm not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Wouldn't that hurt theoretically hurt a relationship more than just like, I can't do that. You need to go somewhere else what I always suggest first because there's been things that I've done that I never thought I'd be into that afterwards I was like I fucking like that you know what I mean so I always suggest if you have an open mind try it first and just let your and the biggest part is communication let your partner know I'm gonna try this for you even though it's something I don't feel like I'm gonna like and if it doesn't work we'll find out some we'll figure out a different way and then if it doesn't work and you're really not into it um then, then you have that other conversation. Where can I get that? Where can you get this care that you need? Right. And like, okay, so weird thing that I have is I'm really, I have like a foot phobia. Phobia. Yeah. Didn't think that word was coming after foot. No. Um, and it's, it's a PTSD thing from a previous relationship, but I've realized it's not really a foot phobia. It's just, it, it is just PTSD. So like my current partner can touch my feet and it doesn't bother me. But if some random person were even to look at my feet for longer than 30 seconds, I get fucking weird. Really? So it's it's just about what you're comfortable with. And sometimes you can be, maybe it's not something you're into in another relationship, but with the per- person you're with currently, you feel comfortable enough to do it and explore it. You know, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. We all have, we all have our own things. <laughs> with certain people yeah exactly like there's some things that i can do with like my female partners that i can't do with my male partner well obviously (laughs) 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 i mean that's just you know (laughs) no but i get it there's a comfort level um 
I've done photo shoots with people to where they say, that's weird, that they're comfortable with me shooting them, not, you know, females or other people that they've known for a long time. And I don't know what it is about me, but I'm like, oh, well, thank you. You know what I mean? Um, which is, which is huge. And when somebody has that trust with you, I wish people would take, take it more serious, yeah. you know, not just piss it away. as like, oh, who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? And Hey, look what I did. I did this to her. It's like, well, no, dude, that's between y'all, you know, respect it. And you know, um, and I think that's where a lot of struggles come in is people just lose trust with somebody because they fucked it. One person fucked up, but that, yeah, that's a real thing. It's not just, well, that person fucked up, move on. It's like, no, that's detrimental for life. So, and I think that that's where a lot of the taboo comes in is that they're taught a certain way. And I don't understand how, I mean, maybe obviously a, a lot of people, myself included, you know, you're, you're raised sex is for marriage or sex is for when you're an adult, blah, blah, blah. And then it's really not talked about. And I don't know how everything became taboo because it's not like I had these conversations with my parents. Like, so what do you think about anal? It's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like now that marriage is off the list, where, where do we go from here? It's that, that's not how it goes. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't understand how, and the, how it becomes taboo, except you're open with your friends and they ridicule you yeah. or you're open with your partner and they make fun of you or they leave you. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, well now I can't. And then that's just where the cycle starts. Yeah. And it's that, that's the only thing I've ever come up with. Cause I don't know how it became taboo to say, I want this and it's weird. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's very, very difficult. Very, very hard. Has there ever been, I know we're running out of time. Has there ever been a time where it's where you're dreading it? I don't want to make content, but I know I have to, this sucks, but fuck it. Uh, makeup's on, cuffs are on, whatever you have to do. Um, I said cuffs because it sounds easier than dying. <laughs> um, and then you do your thing. The only time I have ever dreaded making content is when I'm, like, seriously, like, depressed because okay. of something going on in my personal life. But I'm also, like, I'm always going to be a hustler. Like, I need to make money. Um, so it was like two months ago, um, a partner of mine relapsed and mm. it was devastating for me. Yeah. But I also had to like get myself back out there. Cause like one thing is like sitting at home crying about shit is, is not worth it. And so like, I knew I had to, but like, it was like, I'm not enjoying it. And that's the biggest part about making content is that I enjoy it and I love it. And I feel like the second that I stop enjoying it, I need to reevaluate what the fuck I'm doing. Right. And so, so the only time I don't enjoy doing shit is when I have like big events going on in my personal life, which is unfortunately a lot recently because I kind of have strenuous things going on at home. And, um, so that was the only time. And my partner was very aware of how I was feeling. Yeah. Um, and I was, I, I told them like, I feel fucked up. And so then it was like, kind of like, let's put some shit on pause Make something stupid just to put out there that you really, you know, we're not really looking into and editing super hard. Right. But let's see what we can do to make you feel better. Yeah. So, again, it, it's all about communication. And, and that's what I tell people all the time because I have a lot of married couples who come to me or subscribe to my page or whatever it is. And I'm like, it all starts with communication. So you're a therapist. Essentially. <laughs> I feel like ha like 25% of my job is sex videos and 75% is like communication and helping people learn how to communicate with their partners more. So people ask you questions? All the time. Really? How can I get my partner to do this? Or my partner does this and I don't like it. How do I tell them? Or I want to do this with my partner and I don't know how to bring it up. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I have a married couple who is like essentially pay is paying 
me and my dom to give them lessons on how to do this because she's into it and he doesn't know what to do. Hmm. You know, so it's like, again, it's a service. Like, how can I help you? Like, it's more than just you're going to watch me get fucked for 20 minutes and that's great. It's right. it's what are you getting out of this and how can I help you get this in your own life? Yeah, that's 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 good. See, so it is. <laughs> it is more than just a hobby. Yeah, that's turning a hobby and making money and turning it into a job because you actually care. I'm sure there's not a lot of people that are like that. I mean, there might be. I don't know. Um, but to take the time and teach people and talk to them and blah blah blah. I don't I don't know if there's a lot of them out there. That's awesome on you to do. So that's a, that's a huge kudos. And of course, you have your hustle on. So that's always a good thing too. So that's, that's, that's freaking awesome. So let's put a pin in it for today. Um, and then I know that there's a couple more people that have reached out to me on Instagram that want to be a part of it that are in the same line of work. And then we can compare notes. We can compare, uh, stories. Um, I can essentially just, uh, be a facilitator, be like, Hey, introduce, uh, talk. I have nothing to contribute. So (laughs) that would be great. Um, so we can, we can plan that, um, and we can figure it out. Obviously, you know, with zoom, we can do multiple things. So let's do that. But thank you for being honest. Thank you for being open and on here. And hopefully we can, um, hopefully next time I can be with better Wi-Fi and we can record you know, videos <laughs> and you're, yeah. you're more, uh, yeah. you're good to go. Cause I don't want you to lose your regular nine to five if your face is out there. So we can figure that out too. Um, but yeah, thank you. 